1: Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women Podcast, we have an interesting episode. I'm on the phone, Chris in the studio with Pat, the pickup artist. We are going to talk to him all about how to approach women, how to gain confidence, and how to kind of manipulate women. We're not so sure if it's really manipulation. But anyway, he gives really good advice that you want to hear, so keep listening. It's an awesome episode. <music>
0: Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I'm Kristen Carney, your host, and I am here in spirit with Marnie. She's at her house, but I can feel her. I can smell her. And I also have next to me Pat or Patrick Hickey from the Adam Carolla show, one of the lackeys here who is a dating expert wannabe i don't know if that's a good intro but uh well, he's
1: got the last name hickey he has to be a dating expert
0: oh my god before we started taping i said because on his binder because patrick has a binder full of this pickup artist stuff and on the front of the binder it says by patrick e hickey and i said a dating artist couldn't have thought of a better more perfect yeah.
1: name yeah, every single it's, person in my industry, like, like chooses names like that, and you were born with it. You, it's like what you were meant to be. You especially didn't even have, to, with the, even have to, like, take any of those classes or courses to figure out what your job was in the future. You knew it right away.
2: It was a burden as a child. Hickey uh, was not a strong no, yeah. name. It r- rhymes with oh, yeah, too Yeah, probably other when you were younger, it wasn't
1: so great. Wait, so tell me about this book. Tell me, like... Are you? Are you a pickup artist?
2: No. I am a, a retired pickup artist. I uh, took pride in this for many, many years. I um, also had a um, a partner in crime during my single years. Uh, his name is uh, right. his nickname is Doctor Hyde because he's a college professor at a, a very um, uh, well known university. Then I can't make a rapist joke because like
0: <laughs> you partner in crime. I just was <laughs> like.
2: And um, long before we were both married, uh, we had about a three-year run together where um, we just Gay were lovers. Gay lovers. We were working on <laughs> tactics and tenants and all these different ways to basically meet women and potentially sleep with them
0: but it's surprising to me and i'm not saying this to insult other pickup artists but patrick is a very traditionally handsome man who (laughs) is tall he's got a nice physique and you would not think that he would need pickup artistry moves in order to get the ladies but apparently even the handsome still do that's
1: a good that's a good question so why did why did you think
2: you needed these moves like what wasn't working for you or what was it that you wanted to enhance Well, I actually looked at myself as the ugly duckling. Um, I spent a lot of time. Actually, the.
0: I can't imagine how handsome the other ducklings were, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I actually was very overweight into my early 20s. Oh, And even when I lost weight, I had this. It was the ultimate burden, which is I could lose a ton of weight and my body would thin out. But I had a horrible double chin dangling off my face. You did. Yes. And it was a. You have it on your on your mantle now. Uh, I went and had surgery. <laughs>
0: and dangled <laughs> it off your matron. Yeah.
2: Yes. And so I was actually kind of a, a, a female-minded. I would look in the mirror. I actually was anorexic for a time. Wow. I just, I hated really? my body image. And so I did everything to change it. You would have,
0: it's just, what's crazy is that you don't know that about, you know, you you see people and you think you can give them a scan and you know who they are. And so I would have never, when I scanned you, imagined that that's your background.
2: Yeah, it was um and it was a long process too of figuring out um you know, I was. I also had these things that maybe no, people would notice it about you, but I had frownies. Do you know what frownies are? Like frown lines? They're those lines, yeah, on your forehead. And mine were really deep and cavernous, even at a young age. And that was so embarrassing for me. I hated it. And then I discovered Botox. Well, yeah, we talked about that before, <laughs> and I
0: was shocked that you had Botox. Yeah. I so, was like, oh, okay, we have something to talk about. Not that I've had Botox, but, of course, I did <laughs> not, not turn it down.
2: So part of, um, I guess renovating myself, uh, for the better and being more attractive to women was that process of actually doing the work to try and be more physically attractive and thus be more confident. I mean, there's other ways you can gain confidence and uh, I learned that as well. Um, but, um, for the most part, it was really important for me to like when I was staring back in the mirror.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, like, I don't want to downplay physical appearance at all. If you're not happy with how you look, that has a huge impact on your confidence. If you can take control of it and do something about it, that can have a major effect on the way that you present yourself to other people. So I'm glad that you took the reins and did something. So, so how old were you when all of this was going on?
2: Uh, it was my late 20s to early 30s, which is kind of the, I think the time that's dudes like the prime time yeah. should be doing this. Uh, you start rolling into your late 30s, then you're a creepy old guy at the bar, and so. It's kind of at the right time, but it was the perfect time. And I always say to any of my younger friends that are thinking of getting married and they're in long term relations I don't know if you guys agree with this, um, but I don't think any dude should be thinking about a serious relationship until they kind of get a lot of that stuff out of their system as far as dating. And I, I agree for both men and women that they shouldn't be thinking about serious relationships until they get things out of their system
1: or have experiences under their belt.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree from my past experience, I was in a relationship for eight years and that was the only person I'd ever been with. So it was like, in my mind, I'm going like, well then I'm never, there's all these life experiences that I'm never going to have. You know, thus yeah. I'm no longer in that relationship. It's just not a healthy place to start a relationship.
1: Yeah. Where well, Pat, so I want to. Well, I want to know, like, what, what, like, what was the first thing that had you stumbling into pickup? So you you fixed your outward look. That was the first thing you focused on, and then how how did you get into it?
2: Well, it, obviously, I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks for men, especially living in LA, because there's a lot of good-looking guys here, um, is how do you actually open? Um, This was pre-Tinder and all these other things, which make it a little easier to connect, but not necessarily, for lack of a better term, close. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of the idea of how now that I feel better about myself, now I'm in a social environment. Now there's women here that I'm attracted to. How do I get them to pay attention to me? Um, How do I start a dialogue? And I guess that was the initial process that I had to figure out how to. Because you just didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah, they don't so, teach us so in what, high school. So what was
1: it? No, and they should, and they're starting to actually.
2: But they, really, they <laughs> absolutely, they should. So what? What? How do you do it? What did you do? Well, there was there's there's a lot of things. One is I learned women like hypotheticals, um, and mm-hmm. it's you know to organically start a conversation with someone who has no idea who you are. Um, one thing I would do, and with my uh, cohort, Doctor Hyde, is we'd always think of hypothetical. Another questions. great name for pickup. Dr. Hyde. Dr. Hyde. We would. um, This
1: real name. (laughs) It's crazy.
2: We'd think of interesting things that we could discuss with people, females that we didn't know at a bar or some kind of social environment, a house party or something, and get a dialogue going. And because it wasn't so, hey, what's your name? What do you do? Typical things. We'd act like we were having a dialogue together and be in the same proximity of females that we wanted to talk to and kind of get them interested in what we were talking to kind of kind of lure them in to have a, a dialogue with us.
0: And what did you think that they were interested in hearing?
2: Well, again, it would just be hypo- hypothetical things like we'd I mean, something stupid. It would be like, what toppings do you like on your pizza? And we'd have like this really <laughs> intense uh, you know, uh, discussion about that. And if you're two feet away from some girls who are... It's not a bad idea. You know, three, three girls hanging out at a bar. Don't get me wrong. They could have fun. But if they're there, they're there to meet people too and interact. Yeah. So, and they like pizza. So if you open up an opportunity that's very easy for them to jump into your conversation, it's just a, a nice little smooth transition to get people... Talking. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if any Look, of those he, girls knew they were being played. Like, oh, they did. But I'm sure they didn't because that's such a casual.
1: Thing. It's so funny that you label it, that as being played, but that's not even close to being played at all. You're you're just trying to find a way to break into conversation to get to know people.
0: Right, but on like on the intentional scale, like some like I wouldn't even yes, even have I, thought I, that that was on a scale. Of, deal, you're saying right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, not played. Well, that's so, the wrong word? So
1: Pat, Pat, can you like like tell me how you would do that? Like, so you guys would just start talking about pizza and be really intense about the type of top, toppings that
2: you yeah. love, which I think is actually a really good conversation. It's a really good idea. And then you
1: lean over to the girl and you'd say, like, what's your favorite topping? Or like, hey, help me out. Here. Help like, us settle
2: this thinking? argument. And then you, yes, but. then you'd, you'd, uh, you'd include them in, in the discussion.
0: I love, I'm a vegan. I don't eat pizza. It's like, alright, <laughs> goodbye.
2: Yeah. Um, another thing we do is um, a thing called infiltration. Um, and yes. that would be if we saw a group of girls and God, I, I hope you're listen- Well, most of your listeners, I assume, are guys. Um, so they may yeah. not hate me for this. If there was a group of four girls, I would initiate a conversation with the physically least attractive mm. one. <laughs> yeah, um, and of course. I would not get her hopes up, but it would be talking <laughs> about just a generic conversation. Now, naturally, I'd notice... The ones that I was more attracted to would take notice. That, and That must it, be
0: why all the guys talk to me. <laughs> um, and I always thought it made me feel better, but um, fuck.
1: Chris is like, I kill it when I go out. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. the ugly friends that I didn't know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> my, my thought process was that women are very competitive. So that once yes. they saw their friend who maybe they wouldn't say this out loud, but felt themselves to be more attractive than their less attractive friend, mm-hmm. they would be questioning themselves. And thus, they'd have yeah. to prove that they are the alpha attractive female. Thus, they would force to be talk to me. Yeah. And then, of course, my charm would win them over. But it was just another way to kind of get myself in a position.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're...
1: It's u- a way to put your foot in the door.
0: Yeah, you- it, that makes complete sense. You're using psychology, you know, in your advantage, you know, you're using it in a way to not manipulate, I'm not saying manipulate, but you're using it to your advantage. You're making use of the, of the stuff that you have available That's to the you. the way people work. Right, exactly.
2: It's absolutely a manipulation. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I guess I'm trying to be like soft and say, because I'm not really, I don't concern myself with that stuff. Like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's manipulating. But I, you know, I'm just saying like our minds are so, we do the same thing as a species. We're always you know, programmed the same way. So if you can see those behaviors and read them, you might as well
1: use them. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, when I go to parties and I'm uncomfortable, I look for the other wallflower there who's bored out of their mind, and a little bit uncomfortable. And I go and I talk to them first to warm up my social muscles and get more comfortable in my surrounding. I don't, consciously think oh there's a loser why don't I use that person <laughs> for 15 minutes but I I know that that's an easy way for me to gain comfort and, and it, it, probably helps helps them too. That. it might help them as well and I may like that person I may have a good conversation with them so it's not it's not like a negative thing that you're doing you're just trying to make yourself feel comfortable so so I wanted to ask you like how how did you then develop your charming personality or did you always have that before it was just sort of covered up Because you were so self-conscious about the way that you looked and the way that you interacted with
2: women. I always thought I was funny, but I just had such low self-esteem. Like I I think uh, my boss, Adam Carolla, talks about this quite a bit. The worst age for men is generally 16 to like their mid-20s. Because there's guys that are older, that are making more money, they're more confident than you. You don't know who you are, but as a male, that beats you down to the point where once you start waking up in, as you get to your 30s, which is like prime time for being a dude, um, you're kind of just out of the fog of being an insecure guy. And now you have yeah. to start flexing those, those skills. I always thought I was funny. I, th- I always felt like I was a nice guy and could keep a conversation going. It was just more now moving into the territory of like, I, I'm good with guys talking, so how do I trans, you know, you Transist- can't transfer that over to women. Yeah,
0: But you do have, yeah. because Marnie, you're not here, like, you know, you can't physically read Patrick, but you, Patrick has a charisma or something very easy and nice to, ch- you know, I, there's I a can lighter hear it energy. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So for someone who doesn't have that charm or charisma naturally like you do, then what?
2: Uh, All right. Great question. Okay. So there's a lot of things. Well, first off, you have to start slowly. Okay. You're not going to, like, they had this show on in VH1 like 10 years ago called The Pickup Artist, which they had these guys that really were like starting at level one and they were trying to jump them in two weeks to like be at a bar and and close with a girl that night. That's not the reality. Um, Marnie, I've heard you on other podcasts and like you talk about confidence quite a bit. Um, there's yeah. confidence building for a guy who's say not attractive or, or that charismatic. One thing it starts with is you need to start feeling good about yourself. And there's a lot of things that can kind of start the ball rolling. If you're someone who has low self-esteem, one is you need to be into things like, definitely um, you, uh, and, and also you need a big part of our lives are our occupations, our jobs. You need to have a sense of pride in whatever you're doing for eight hours a day, or you're just going to be a beaten down person that's miserable and low self-esteem and feel less worthy. But if you can start getting a foundation of, look, I feel good about myself. Um, I have a good job that I'm proud of. That That's like the, the basics. And then you can work on the physical.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was watching um, when I was home recently. My dad is obsessed with the Jim Jeffrey show, which is on Comedy Central. <laughs> And I don't know, you know, why <laughs> I thought you that... were gonna it, say he's
1: obsessed with a pickup artist. <laughs> oh my god, no.
0: <laughs> He'd be like, What? Uh but yes. we were watching um episode after episode after episode and finally something came up that was relevant. I mean I I like the show, but this was finally relevant to me and what I do, but uh he was talking, Jim Jeffries was talking about that group of men, Marnie. I think you might know the name or remember. We talked about him a long time ago when there was that shooting in Santa Barbara and the guy was like yeah, mad. The, um, There's a name for the him. The ones
1: who, oh, I totally forget. The ones who like pretty much have sworn off women.
0: Yeah, and they, um, they think they deserve to be slept with and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, I forget what they're called.
0: Yeah, I'll Google it as we're talking, but uh, Jim Jeffries was like, you don't, no one owes you sex. He said, look at me. I'm I'm basically like a four, but I learned comedy and to be funny, and now I get to have sex with people. I earned it. I didn't just go out there and have nothing to offer, and Jim Jeffries was just saying, learn something. Have a something skill. to offer. Get a skill and then girls will fuck you. Stop being angry and lazy.
2: Okay, I have a great example yeah. of this. Um, a number of years ago, I was in LA at, a, at like a Hollywood party. There was is a guy there he looked like edward norton but like super chubby like obese. oh weird and um i'm waiting in line at the bathroom and he's sitting on the bed because it's in someone's bedroom we're walking through there right and he's doing card tricks and i couldn't believe the attention that he had of some of the more oh, attractive yeah. guests yeah. at the party and um so all night long he's doing magic tricks uh a very unattractive male later on that night as i'm walking to my car I see him in a 1992 Ford Taurus, and he is getting uh, fellatio from wow. one of those girls in his car. And that was actually—it's funny here—you say develop, develop skill. That was actually a light bulb going off. Like, oh that was my his god! Best card trick that he made his penis disappear in her face.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, that's what you you need anyway. Like to go back to if you're you're not naturally charismatic or you know. Whatever, from the inside out, you start, and that's by getting confident inside and learning things. And that's your inside starting to get charismatic. And then eventually, it'll come out through your skin.
2: Well, you, you want to hear one of the more simple, I call it the suit effect. Um, the what the, effect? The suit effect. Okay. Um, at a wedding, all right, so you'll see men that have to wear the suit for the, for the ceremony. When they come out, I, the first thing you're going to hear of everything else, oh, my God, look how handsome you look. Yeah. All that mm-hmm. guy did was put on a suit. Now he's hearing that he's handsome, and he is feeling confident—at least for that hour or that minute, that moment. Isn't that interesting? That by wearing a different kind of clothes, that can change your behavior, yeah. and so it really—you can transform with these simple things.
1: That happens to me. I, you know, I, most often I'm in my little box in my office at home wearing my pajamas. But when I decide to dress up and put high heels on and lipstick and do my hair, I I feel like a totally different person. So a hundred percent what you're wearing on the outside can have an impact on how you feel on the inside. So, Not that they're like little cheat things, but they're little assistor things to help push you along while you're working on that inside portion of you, which, which is exactly what you were talking about. Finding hobbies that you like having passion in your job. Um, finding new ways to interact with people and challenging yourself. So what's the next step for you? Like after you do all these things for yourself and you're feeling good about yourself, how do you then develop like a personality? How do, how do you, like, how do you then transfer that to engaging with women and having them be attracted to you?
2: Okay. Well, th- that's a, th- that would be a, long, a longer process of yes. trial and error. Um, And so one thing is, again, just to go back to clothes and how important they are, nothing feels better.
0: Speaking of, (laughs) however, Patrick (laughs) knows what I'm going to point out right now, what he's wearing. He's wearing like wind pants with a stripe down the side and like a really wrinkly (laughs) white V-neck like that should
2: be washed. Kristen, this is radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's also you're in person with me and I'm dying. No, Um, One thing was kind of getting down clothes that you're comfortable with. It was very important, even as a guy. You have to feel good when you go out and you're going to be in a social situation. Um, men don't really talk about this a lot, but finding those three outfits that you know are your go-tos that go out that you know that fit you well. Yeah. I
0: call it your uniform.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. like
0: like your. For me, when I go out at night, I don't go out that often, and I have a really hard time with clothes. So when I go, I know I have... This uniform, this uniform, and this uniform that if I put it on, I'll fit in in a night setting where I feel like pretty, but I'm not trying to. I have those as a girl. So guys need to have them, too. So if a girl's having a hard time figuring out clothes, then a the guy definitely is going to have a hard time figuring out clothes. Right. So doing it in advance.
2: Doing it in advance. And I and I always tell guys, like, if you want to feel good about yourself, nothing feels good like a new pair of shoes or like a new shirt that fits you just great like even if you're in a large shirt or extra <laughs> it will something will look good on you there's large like men that can look good in a suit or totally something. so that that's one and i'm i'm not sure if i'm answering your question marnie but um like that that's kind of a starting point so that you're feeling good about yourself in a social environment um yeah. right off the bat so once you're there then it's kind of like um trial and error understanding what works when you're engaging with females um most importantly what doesn't work Um, one thing that I used to do very well that my Dr. Hyde kind of picked up on was I had said, um, I always said, don't be a wolf in a social environment. My, I had caught on very, I caught on very, very early on in trying to be a pickup artist that women have eyes on the back of their heads. The second a guy walks into a bar social situation, even if you think that female doesn't notice you came in, she did. And just because she doesn't look at you. um, And so your behavior is kind of being watched immediately when you walk in the door. If you – they see you when you walk around and talk to three different groups of girls. You are automatically scratched off the list as just a guy trying to chase girls that Mm -hmm. night. Um, So just kind of monitoring your behavior, knowing that you're going to be watched. I was always very well aware of that. Um, Another thing I, I had, which was called thinning the herd. Um, I would not be obvious about it, but I could walk into a room, and if I was out there, and we're just talking for the purposes of this podcast, just for not every time I went out I was going out to meet women, but when that was the mission. Some nights it was men. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was always better at that. Um, When the mission was going after girls, I had this thing called thinning the herd, which is I would do an audit of the room and basically – Cross off what I would consider time wasters and then have another category for potentials. So, wow. oh my God. So, obviously, girls that I'd see with a guy, uh, unless he might be like the gay bestie, which you could kind of catch on, she's crossed off the list. Um, any women that would be eating food, like a gigantic plate of food, they'd be scratched off what? the list. <laughs> well, look, I know. Don't no you want one... a
0: girl that can eat though? Wouldn't that show, hey, she's got a good
2: personality? I know. She's I was loved like, to why eat.
1: does that get them off the list?
2: This would be if that, the mission that night was to close. A woman is not going to sleep. With a sleep. full stomach? A woman wow, will smart. never mm-hmm. sleep with you on that's a full true. stomach. That's true.
0: That's very true. That's um, true. You also, Unless it's full of alcohol. If, well, <laughs> then she's game. Well, <laughs>
2: that would work except for if she was sloppy drunk. Right. If you caught that, that's just a big problem. Yeah. You know, you've got to
0: literally like a mannequin on your hands that you've got to carry around for the night.
2: Yeah. Now, on the potentials list, the perfect scenario would be a set of two girls out together and drinking and preferably on a weeknight. Uh, past the witching hour of 11 p.m. That was the perfect. Spot. That was the sweet spot. Yes, and so you'd have to kind of, you know, monitor yourself, but also identify the room. Like who? Like I, I have guys that tell me, "Oh, I go to Hooters." Why are you going to Hooters? You're fishing in a pond they with have no really fish.
1: They really good chicken
2: wings. If <laughs> <laughs> you can get better chicken wings somewhere else, um, um, so that would be. That would be like go to places where, you know, I'm probably going off, uh, digressing a little bit or going off uh, track here. But No, this
1: is perfect. I I love everything that you're saying. I think it's really good information.
2: um, But, yes. All right. So then going into a room, kind of monitoring your environment, not wasting your time with bartenders and married people or couples and kind of identifying Mm -hmm. who were the best targets. Um, Boy, that's probably a bad word to say, targets. And once you did, (laughs) you could whittle it down. And then now that you've narrowed it down to your targets, now you can start employing other, um, I guess, tactics. That's when you start
1: talking about pizza.
2: Exactly. (laughs) You could. You could. Yep, absolutely.
1: Okay, so then what happens after the pizza conversation? Like what do you do do to segue that conversation into more and then – Go to taking them home.
2: Sure. Okay. So now there's a vetting process. So ultimately women make the final decision. You can be as charming as you want. Um, say there's three girls you're talking to, you're interacting. One thing, one rule I always had is if there's three girls and you're not sure which one is kind of interested, you have a poker face. You don't play your hand. And if you do, you make sure that the others don't see it. Um, so yeah. you can actually kind of have them all playing off themselves to kind of get your attention. Um, But the one who's ultimately going to win out is the one that you would like to potentially go home with or get their number or whatever. But um, this has been documented quite a bit um, in a lot of books on this. But there's the touch (laughs) factor, a female that leans over and touches your arm. Um, Some women do a thing where they'll actually turn around and make sure that part of their hair touches your body. Oh, Um, sneaky. uh, Elongated eye contact.
0: Oh, I'm looking
2: away. Uh <laughs> there's 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 a lot of <laughs> like just physical movements that women do to subtly tell you that they're interested in. So mm-hmm. um that's kind of how you're getting to that process. A lot of
0: guys mistake those
2: though. Yes. They so do. like
0: a girl accidentally flips her hair into a guy. She literally is just trying to get the hair off of her shoulder and hits a guy. And all of a sudden he's got a boner.
2: Yes. It should be multiple. So how do you know what's real and what's not? I'd say at the end of the day, the, the main factor is extended eye contact. Um, yeah. Females will let you know that they aren't interested by how long they will make eye contact with you. They all, they send messages. Sorry, I'm talking to you like you're not here. Um, but I found that they are really, uh, conveying that they're interested through yeah, a long g- definitely yeah and uh th- then at that point you have to do a thing called splitting which is you have to somehow tactfully find a way to get her to split off from, from her friend. girlfriends um and that's why i would always say the best group well the best the best way is a set of two you want to find two girls at a bar, and then you want to have a wingman.
0: But I, Okay, well, I would think, so I see, oh, I, I see, the set of two, so the friend has someone to go with. Because I would think if it was just two women, then it wouldn't work because she's leaving behind her friend, and then that's not going to happen. I did that all the time.
2: I did it all the time. You'd
0: get a girl to leave behind a friend without not, someone? or Not with,
2: leave behind a friend, but at the end of the night when they're splitting, going their separate ways. Okay. And I'd always get the speech from yeah, she'd go home with you. She'd go, all right, you're going home with my friend. Ah, uh, you better be good. Yeah. And, you know, over, through the course of the evening, I'd kind of proven myself to be, you know, a, a normal person that is going to be respectful to their friend. No murder. No murder. So yeah.
0: did you use these tax- tactics to meet your wife?
2: I did not. Um, I was kind of, I had, I was getting burned out, as you should. Yeah. You know, this is not, this should not be a lifetime, <laughs> in, you know, endeavor for men. This should be... um to get experience and have fun. And
1: we'll we'll take a step back for a second. Like what, why not? Why why, is it exhausting? Like why, why is it not? sounds exhausting. A positive.
2: It it is. I'll tell you in the beginning, it's fun, but maybe it it could be like this with anything. It's at some point gets empty and, you know, um, not to take this down a, a bad road, but you have to keep in mind of the wreckage that you leave behind um, when you're having countless one night stands and you can't have countless one night stands without not returning phone calls to females that thought you were interested. And so there's definitely an emotional uh, debt you pay to the people that you've hurt. Like I, I remember, you know, there's a lot of girls that I went home and stuff with and they did not want a second, <laughs> they did not want a second date. And what that does to use it, it really starts you start wearing f- down your,
0: your self-esteem.
2: Yes. And it, you go right back into that hole again. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, I think as we, I kind of was talking about at the top of the show, this is something that men should get out of their system. I can't tell you how many people I went to high school with that uh, got married to their high school sweethearts. And now I see them on Facebook and there's been infidelity. They're divorced. They mm-hmm. did not experience this. Now, n- not everybody needs to go and t- take it to the level I did certainly, but, um, Mm -hmm. to get this out of your system by your mid thirties. And then you're like, I honestly, since I met my wife and have been with my wife, I have not thought about cheating. I've not thought, of course there's fantasies when you see a pretty girl or whatever, but I've never actually thought of acting out on that. And I, I really do associate that with literally having gotten this out of my system. How long have you been married? Uh, we've been married for a year and a half, but we've been together for over five years.
0: Oh, wow. So even before the marriage, there was no need for the infidelity.
2: Uh, well, no, I wasn't with anybody. She was my first girlfriend in, uh, for like three years. But there was years. no
0: craving at, even no. before
2: marriage? No, there wasn't. No. And uh, there were some bad experiences there. I had dated a girl... Um, that I remember on the date, she, Marnie, you'd say that if she was a guy, she had broken every rule on a date that you can. She was bragging <laughs> about having dated uh, P. Diddy in the 2000s, so I had to listen to her talk about a half hour for yeah. that. Then her second story was about getting pregnant by a promoter in Las Vegas, and he paid her $20,000 to abort the baby because he wanted to marry one of the blonde-haired girls from the Playboy Mansion Oh, my show. God, so worth it. Yeah, and I'm listening to this girl, and i I drive her home and I'm like I, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm actually trying to figure out how to sleep with this girl and I hate her. Yeah.
0: Right. And <laughs> it was kind
2: of an awakening for me like, you know, what are you doing here? Um so
1: I mean, for is me- that from- dif- is that what the difference is? Sorry that I'm interrupting, but is that is that what the difference is is that you're just you're not caring? It, like I guess I I don't understand how it's different when you transfer it over to somebody that you like because I think that a lot of these tactics while you may see them as being manipulative, I think they're, they're just sort of cheat sheets for having fun, playful interactions with people. But it all matters on what your intention is on the back end. Like, what did you do when you met your wife? What was the difference in the way that you were interacting?
2: Um, we had known each other. So it, it started on a friendship and it wasn't it wasn't based on my goal to have sex with her. And okay. um, it was wow! I really like this person. She's funny. She's a good person. She cares about other people. She cares about me. And so, I, I, my intentions with her were never that uh, let's sleep together first and then figure this out after. It was like getting to know a person and then developing a, a relationship and a friendship and trust, and then having a role and then you know being a couple. Um, okay. that might be kind you of ever, a boring you
1: answer. Do you now. ever use any, no, it's not a boring answer. So do you ever use any of those tactics now? Like if you're ever in a situation where you have trouble with conversation and it's not he'll, necessarily, he'll stand, like the, he'll stand close to
0: Adam Corolla and he'll <laughs> start talking about pizza toppings and hope Adam joins in. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like, I,
2: do, do you use them for other people? You definitely can. You, uh, but not, obviously you're saying like, do you, can you apply some of these tenants or rules, uh, to just business life or yeah. in other aspects of your relationship. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I do. I think, and that was probably part of the experiment is, is using, using these things. I maybe had these life lessons or life tools and I applied them to trying to have see women naked, but at the end of the day, they could have been used for anything to apply to anything. I mean, they're all social kind of social things as, as Chris yeah. mentioned earlier. Are you, do you feel like you were tricking these women and manipulating them? It, there was—I'll tell you why, where the manipulation comes. If if you know kind of off the bat that there's no relationship here, and the conversation you're having when a female asks the question, "Do you see yourself being in a relationship?" and you say yes when you don't, then I'd have to say that that is manipulative. Yeah, um, right. and that's where I talk about that. You know, being a pickup artist. You're picking up women to have sex with them and to continue along this process down this road. If you do that, inevitably, people, people are going to get hurt.
0: Yeah. Um, right. We should take a break. Uh, yeah. Because I just looked at the clock. And um, so we'll be back talking to Patrick and answering questions. So stay tuned. Hey, guys. It's Kristen. Are you having a hard time dating online and not getting any attention to your profile? Are you having a hard time bantering with women? You don't really know what to say. Well, if you want help, you can find me at com slash dating help. I will help you with your profile, with bantering,
2: so many cool things.
1: And uh, (laughs) Patrick was just talking about manipulation
0: and how to... Maybe avoid the, the is that even an option to avoid the
1: manipulation at all tactics? Or that's well, there absolutely is a way. You just don't make false promises to people, right? right? So if, like I've always said this about pickup artists. I don't really have anything against people who use pickup tactics to interact with other people. It's when their intention is to mislead. And that can happen with anything that you do, whether or not you're using a routine from a pickup artist or something else that's coming from your own mind and your own creation, but it's still false information that you're giving to somebody else. So I I, I I happen to be a fan of a lot of the pickup materials that are out there. I'm not a fan of the intention behind the way that a lot of people use them. Like when I read Neil Strauss's book, The Game, and when I met Neil, when I hung out with Neil, like, and he's... It's, genuine, awesome person. Um, when I read a lot of the things that were in there, I was like, these, these things are genius. These are great ways to get people engaged in conversation with you. What happened on the back end for him and for a lot of other people is that, like what Pat is saying, is that you get kind of drunk with this power and you tend to mislead and hurt people who do get attached to you. Or you tend to feed off of some of their insecurities to benefit yourself, which I do not like, my, my point being that there are some wonderful things that are part of the pickup industry that, when applied correctly, can be used wonderfully for really genuine, authentic people.
2: I agree. Yeah. I, can I pose something to you, uh, Marnie and Kristen? You tell me if this is very manipulative. Um, okay. We had this thing called baiting, which was the idea of kind of <laughs> staging an environment in which – like for example all right the show on the show the bachelor okay yeah. um there's 2530 women that show up to be on this show to win the heart of this guy they don't know him mm-hmm. from Adam who knows if he was walking on the street the day before if they would have even been attracted to him or want his attention yeah
0: they'd probably say get out of my way and then go oh wait you're worth something hi
2: <laughs> exactly well his what it is is what what they're trying to win is the competitive nature of women wanting to win a guy's heart and they're competing against one each other um do you agree with that marnie like part of the the why women get so crazy in three days of knowing this guy is the and crying and fighting is the competition yeah absolutely well, it's, it's an element of it for sure yes um so with that my friend and i would actually invite some of our female friends or co-workers out for the 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 entire purpose was to create an environment that he and i were wanted by multiple girls. So the environment or the staging that we did was set to be a show for other women in the social environment. Like, oh, who are these guys? Why are there four girls looking to tell them a story? Well, they were our friends forever at work, and now we invited them out, and we've kind of set this up that they're all kind of... We would actually do physical things to make them lean into us uh, as, like, they're trying to, you know, be more physical with us. Um, mm-hmm. and then once we noticed we were getting attention by other females in the social environment we'd actually kind of branch out and we'd start work in the room, but the entire, we were setting a scene and we called it baiting and it, it worked like a charm. Quick question.
1: Yeah. That's my business. I'm a wing girl. That's, that's, <laughs> Like it's, I, I am totally for what you're doing. I don't have any problems with that whatsoever. I don't think it's manipulation at all. I think you're using what you have. You're you're having fun with people. You're not misleading them. It's not like you're leaning into the girl and saying like, I totally want you. I want to be with you. I want to be your boyfriend. I'm madly in love with you. While your real intention is for you to look awesome to other girls and like a highly wanted guy, and then you say, okay, so but peace. I'll see you later. I'm gonna go home and fuck that girl. Like I, I, I just really think that it's the intention behind what you're doing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying like, let's invite like eight girls that are super hot to hang out with us. Because who doesn't want to hang out with eight hot girls that can possibly lead to eight more hot girls? I don't I don't see that as a negative thing. My question with this whole thing is that this is so
0: much work. Was it worth it? Like the ask that you got? Was it worth it?
2: Absolutely. Okay. The stories I have. It
1: sounds fun. You're doing <laughs> it, it with Dr. Like a Hyde. How can it be bad? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I actually feel bad for some of my high school friends that stayed in the small town. Not to say, they probably say, hey, you know, Pat, you, you had that LA life. You know, we love this small town life. I love my family. Whatever. Um I guess it's just no a completely way. different they're like, path. I hate my life. Well, I
0: always – well, that's like, what I hear from them, actually. People in L.A. are looking at the like middle of America going, ugh, can you believe they just like live in these nice homes and have regular jobs? And they're like, that's so sad. And then those yeah. people look at the people in L.A. and go, can you believe they live in studio apartments? That's so sad. I know. So each side thinks we're both sad. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they're probably looking at Pat going, oh, man, if only, one, you know, when I was 25, if I went out there and just macked up with ladies, I'd be so happy today. So not that you have to live in a city to do that, but just to give yourself the opportunity to have some life experience is important. Well, the
1: thing that I really admire about you, Pat, I don't know you, I can't even see you, but I think it's really awesome that you you wanted something for your life. You weren't happy with what was going on for yourself and you found solutions for it, which is absolutely amazing. And you were able to give yourself the experiences that you wanted to have. Like some of these people who, you know, live in small towns, as you said before, may not want to have that experience. It's not their dream or their fantasy or their goal, but you wanted something different for yourself and you went out and you made it happen, which I think is absolutely amazing.
2: Yes, lived an insane life in the dark regions of and L.A. And now he's dying
1: of AIDS. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, uh, Marnie, you mentioned you know, you're, the, you're the ultimate wing girl. Um, in this kind of um, these tenets that me and Dr. Hyde created, um, we actually put together a doctrine. Of- you should have been
0: mm-hmm. Mr. Jekyll. So like switch it, <laughs> like Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde. That would
2: have been kind of cool. Um, we actually created a doctrine of wingman or wingwoman code could I, could I throw some of the tenants out? And, and oh, my God. Yes, of course. Please. Okay. Um, always take one for the team. And I think that's pretty yeah. obvious, right? Which is yeah. if your buddy is – if you have to dive on a grenade yeah, of a girl. Yeah, that's your main job. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I assumed you'd think that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you feel about this one? You have to back up the story. So if he is saying that he is an attorney – but he's really just a paralegal. It's like improv.
0: You go with your buddy and you say yes, and he and also yes, and? has a house that's
2: beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Actually, we always <laughs> but you build say each that. other up. Okay. Uh,
1: I'm not. I'm not into lying or misrepresenting yourself. But I'm you... not into that one. But I am into pumping your friend up and like. Making them sound awesome. So
0: you can't, so what would happen if you were out with a friend and, and a male friend and he was looking for women and he said he was a doctor and you knew he wasn't? Would you go with it or would you go? Oh, actually, stop fucking around. You'd have no, to go with it. I would,
1: I would go with it yeah. 100%, but I wouldn't be happy about it. And yeah. then because I'm a girl, you can see that on my face. And yes. then it would totally drain my energy for the rest of the night. Yeah. And then I wouldn't be as much a part of whatever we were doing. Totally. Like I, would, I would be very not into that. But as a
0: man, wingman, you have to go with a full smile and just keep the energy up.
2: Yes, for your bro friend. You're like, yeah,
1: he's an astronaut. That's
2: what he is. Um, The next one is pretty easy, which is be a facilitator, and I have done this, and I've had it done for me, and it's always like very appreciated. Which is your wingman must kind of finish the night out with you. If it's you've had too many drinks, he needs to drive his car to get you to said location. Basically, do all the things. Um, A lot of people don't know that. I had to kind of, I have, I had experience kind of auditioning wingmen through this process until no. I, till I found Dr. Hyde. Oh, yeah. Because um, I had... Um, one of the tenets that we came up with is never st- step on your, on your teammate's dick. And that was the main problem I was having God, when I was if it's tra- long
0: enough, that'd be awesome. Ooh, what? <laughs> Who
2: are you? <laughs> he, he's a pickup artist. It's an expression. It's yeah, a turn phrase. huge penis. Okay. <laughs> uh, meaning, like, you're talking to a girl, things are going well, and your supposed wingman is then trying to slide in on you.
0: Oh, no. Um, that's... All, yeah.
2: And that happened quite a bit yeah. really. Yeah. Wow. With Dr. Hyde? No, that's where I found Dr. Hyde. He's With the auditioners. my soulmate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. You I wish I got that. to meet him. Oh, you'll get to meet him. Cuz
0: Marnie, he was going to come on the show too, but he had to cancel or wasn't available. So oh, we'll let's have have him on one time. Yeah. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, he's he's very good. <laughs> uh, and the last one's promote your teammate, which is just basically build up, build them up. I mean, they're all kind of the same thing. Essentially, all positive promote. Even facilitate. if your friend
0: is like the Buffalo Bills or the Cleveland Browns, still, still <laughs> build them up. Even if you know they're garbage, stand by your friend.
1: Yeah. But I think it's wonderful that you found somebody like that. Like, you guys want to make tenants together. You (laughs) 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 want to do all these things together. Like, you kind of found a soulmate during this
2: process. And you guys are still friends, obviously. Not only that, we both own homes one block from one another.
0: Wow. No. Are your wives friends with
2: each other? We are best friends, and our wives have to listen to us kind of tell these old stories. We, of course, edit ourselves a little bit, but yeah.
1: Oh, my God. You tell stories in front of your wives about, like, you getting laid?
2: Yes. <laughs> actually, yeah. No,
1: that's awesome.
2: My wife tells me stories all the time of, like, her dating experiences, and I, I love all her stories. Most of them don't end in sex, and I really probably don't want to hear that. But her dating life in L.A., I love hearing all her stories about how cheap guys were. Um, just yeah. – sorry to She told me one story where a guy actually dropped her off at the end of the date. It was a mediocre date, and he had a crappy car. And as she's about to get out, he goes, I want you to know you passed the test. <gasps>
0: But you didn't pass mine, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> she should have said that. She said, oh, what do you mean? Okay. He said, I'm actually a multimillionaire, and I just drove up in this car no. to test you to make sure you weren't superficial.
0: Wow. Well, that's kind of cool. Well, he's lying out of, he's out of his ass. That's
2: cool. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah,
0: so he yeah. wanted to totally know if she wanted to go back. <laughs>
2: like, Oh, my God. <laughs> she wanted, he wanted to know if she wanted to hang out longer was, was his wow. purpose.
0: Yeah. Interesting tactic for wow. rich men.
2: So
1: the, if you're a rich the, guy. I think guy? That's way douchier than anything that you talked about on the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I think it is. I totally think so. I think it's horrible. Yeah. Um, This is awesome. I love this. How come you haven't been on the show before? Well, it was funny because I was
0: here and I said something about this podcast and and I don't know how we really – broached what the topic was of this podcast but I mentioned it was about dating relationships and Patrick was like <gasps> he just perked up immediately and was like oh my god I uh, pick up artist uh, me I talk about the stuff all the time or I like it and so anyway I thought well yeah we have to do the show then
1: this this podcast is like Kristen's old boyfriend it's not really something she wants to talk about <laughs> not something she's 100% proud of but it's <laughs> something that she does but um I'm glad I'm glad that you are on the show I want to I want to go through one question that we have from a user. Do we have enough time? Please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one is on body language, so I thought it would be interesting for you. So, hey, girls and guests, here are some thoughts and questions as pertaining to body language. I have read many articles about this over the last few years, usually written by guys. First, full frontal facing versus quartering. It has been said the full front can be very intimidating, therefore it should slightly quarter away, as I usually do. Now, I do see approaching with full frontal can be very intimidating, especially to women. After making initial contact, assuming she responds favorably, then full frontal can be initiated to convey full attention. What are your thoughts? And this is a three-parter, by the way. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, my first reaction when I picture a man approaching me, walking straight toward me, it's not necessarily intimidating. It's uncomfortable and it's kind it's of scary. Much. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't ever want that um, because it's like, is this man a predator or is he a friendly person? So I can see the side, but I still think turning, even though once there's like approval or conversation, I still think you should be to the side more. Unless you guys are a couple or on like your third date. I don't think standing at a woman is attractive. It's just a, too manly. I don't know. It's creepy. No, I, I agree with you. I totally agree yeah. with you. What I do you
2: think, Pat? I always did a side by side because of that. Um, I, I noticed it would be like almost like a. I'm, I'm six foot two, almost six foot three. So I'd be standing over you looking down at most yeah. females. And so I would always do like a side to side. And then I had this thing where if we were having a conversation, I'd lean in. A lean in a is side, good. A lean in. And um, you know, obviously that would uh, bring us a little closer. And um, yeah, that was kind of my my move. But yes, I think it's too intimidating for a male. And it's, these it's days, we don't like making eye contact like initially.
0: Right. And it just seems like a threatening stance. It seems like something you do to to, to not gain um, favorably with someone, but to overpower them.
2: Yeah. And almost like you're you're conveying too much confidence too early. Yeah. We haven't gained a trust yeah, yeah. or too comfortability aggressive. yet. Yeah.
1: Definitely. So h- how would you know when to lean in? Like, when would you do the lean in move?
2: Uh, again, eye contact. And then, look, women, for the most part, don't spend a lot of time talking to a guy that they don't have some kind of interest in. It it doesn't mean romantic, but... Um, if 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 they're sticking around there's no other reason for right. them to stay sticking there around. other than yeah. continue a conversation if it would go longer than say i mean just to put a time on it if you're kind of connecting you're having a good conversation it could be as early as five minutes but it could be you know wait, maybe hold off for about 15 minutes and almost tease them a little bit because i used to like to tease touch um i called it which is i'd get really close to them and actually not make physical contact with their body and i'd almost pull away mm. so i'm kind of taunting them with my my Physicality um, and that works actually. Yes, it does.
1: It totally works. Oh, these are good things. We haven't had to like pick up artist people in so long, and I forgot about all these things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's another one. And another point is hand position you do not seem to address this ever. Naturally, the crossed arms and legs by default are pretty much self-explanatory. I have heard the thumbs are a symbol of a man's will and therefore should not be hidden. I used to do that, but sticking my fingers in my pockets is rather unnatural and awkward. Then I read that the thumbs should be in the pocket so that the fingers Lucy, naturally point uh, towards the crotch that's pointing out the obvious. Do women even notice this and is it important?
0: I just picture that's like, it sounds so like, hey, babe, I've I've got my hand in my pocket and it sounds very like dad, like a dad would be trying to look cool. And so he's got his thumb in his pocket and his fingers dangling casually. It sounds way it too. It sounds so stiff to it me. It sounds so set up and so fake. Like he thought about it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to put my thumb in my pocket. That doesn't happen naturally unless you're in a bad movie.
2: I uh, I agree, but I think later in the evening after a long conversation when it, it may be turning to romantic, you can actually kind of peacock a little bit that way. Obviously, it shouldn't be that obvious, but kind of keep yourself open. Like as Marnie ent- uh, mentioned earlier, like crossing your arms is saying, I'm disinterested, I'm disconnected from the conversation, having your hands by the side. I mean, personally, I would always have a drink in my hand, so I knew where one of my hands was going <laughs> to yeah. be, right? Um, yeah. But um, d- nothing that... Uh projects uncomfortability, and you can feel it. Women let you know if, um, God, what's the word where they kind of like pull back? Like, like a
0: hesitation or something?
2: Yeah, uh, oh, there's another word. Well, they almost like recoil. Oh, yeah, She's that's not you know, a good sign. I, yeah, that's not, definitely not a good sign. <laughs> She's letting you know, like, I don't like the movements that you're making. I mean, you can, yeah. uh, you know, I, men should be overall more perceptive of the environment and understanding, like, body language. But,
0: like, the body language stuff is, or the hands and everything. It's like when I think about breathing, breathing is normal. I do it all the time. But the minute I think about breathing, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I breathe? When do I breathe? What's the rhythm of (laughs) my breath? So when you think about it, it becomes so unnatural feeling. So Mm -hmm. I feel like when you really just focus on your hands and your thumbs and your arms and everything, that's when it becomes unnatural. So obviously you want to, like, be able to employ some tactic of, like, the way your body should be facing. But I don't think you should overthink where your fingers should be because then it's the breathing. And now you're, like, awkward and it's so obviously forced, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Well, I, w- I wanted to read this one exercise that I stumbled upon. It's something that I used to include in my boot camps that I was doing. I'm actually including it in, in a program on first impressions and approaching that's coming out pretty shortly. But I'm going to read it to you because I think it's actually a good way to end the show. And it, it it talks about body language, but it's a really quick way to put confidence in your body. So I'm going to read you the exercise, and I'll read it just as I've written it in my Book for the bootcamp. So I said a while back, I made I met an amazing woman named Erica who informed me of a quick tool she provides women on how to quickly find confidence in every situation. It's a tool she developed while working in the music industry. Erica used to work in brand development with different artists, which meant that she helped shape the type of persona an artist would take on to reflect. Their brand To help her artist, she would ask them, how do you want people to see you as an artist and who do you see yourself being? They would give tons of answers like, I'm the army type, I'm the blonde bombshell, I'm the grunge rocker. And Erica would help them clearly define this persona to establish a usable brand that the artist could clearly visualize on a moment's notice so that they could quickly put it into their body. Now, Erica uses this tool to help normal individuals establish their own brand, but she makes everyone select an animal type, as she has found that animals are easy to visualize and then emulate. And I thought it was genius, so I decided to borrow Erica's tool and share it with you. Here is how Erica's tool works. She selects an animal for each person and attaches five attributes to each animal. Once the person can visualize the animal and its attributes, they can quickly embody the attributes of the animal. So before going out in public or in a moment of doubt, a person can picture their animal persona and quickly take on its persona. It's a quick and easy way to embody confidence. And so here's what I want you to do. So here's the exercise I'm giving to people. So take about five minutes and select an animal. So for the guys that I work with, I tell them to select an animal that they see as symbolizing strength or or a a certain way that they want to be. So most men choose a bear or a wolf or a snake or, like, you know, something that's a leader in the animal world. And then the second thing is write down the animal on a piece of paper as well as five key attributes of the animal you want to embody and then take one minute to embody the attributes and answer these questions how would this animal stand how would this animal walk how would this animal hold eye contact and how would this animal talk to people and how would this animal go after what he wants so i I did this exercise after i met with erica which is why i now pass it on to so many people And I chose the jaguar and I attached the attributes and I thought through how it would walk and talk and stand. And so now whenever I picture a jaguar, like I'm doing it right now, right away, my um, back is straight. I'm sitting up. My voice slows down. um, And quickly the jaguar animal just gets into my body and I can quickly become this confident Strong animal, and I can project that to other people. I know that's like a long-winded thing, but anyway, it was—it's a really this good is, exercise for people to do. This is the
0: exercise that allowed us to get this podcast, Marnie. Do you remember that? Really? Yes. No. You told me you
1: mean? when we were <gasps> talking to oh, Podcast oh, yes, One. I remember
0: when we are? So when Marnie and I first started, we were on Podcast One Network, and I was approaching them, and Marnie told me to be an animal, and I was a lion, <laughs> and it worked, and we got a show oh, on I Podcast do remember One.
1: Remember that? Yeah. I re- I I even remember like. We were driving down Lincoln when I told you this exercise. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. But it really works, doesn't it? It could work into your body. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, yeah, it, I mean, we got a podcast. Yeah. Mar-
2: Marnie, can I tell you how much I love that? I had never actually thought about that. I was doing something similar that didn't involve the animal world. But what I would do is I would take a movie character, like, for oh, example, yeah. Vince oh, yeah, Vaughn perfect. in Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah, that's good idea. I would break down all the likable things about him. He was, you know, very funny, very likable. Confident. Um, confident in a room and I would think of that character when I was out.
0: That's a good idea. And
2: I would kind of uh, emulate him. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. stealing lines from yeah. the movie of course not. but embodying the character that he created on the screen. Don't be literal with it. Yeah. Don't go
1: out and get a DUI <laughs> like my, he did I, last weekend. but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Marnie. That's I think that's a great idea. It one, is a great idea.
1: No, thank you. Well, that, I think that's a good way to end this show, and I hope that everybody who's listening can practice this exercise. The problem it's is, I use everywhere. I now pick a
0: chicken, so things aren't going so well.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> <Just kidding>. exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, all right, well, um, yeah, Marnie, you usually end the show, so I'll
1: I'll bow out so, well, yeah, so, so, okay, you've shared your tenants, but like, do you have a book? For your pickup artistry or like well, how can it how can people find out more about
2: you? It's a it's a two hundred and fifty page book that has not been published because I got married and I I never finished it. And actually to be quite honest, when I read through some of the chapters, uh, s- some of some of my some of the things I wrote I, I now am kind of a different person. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I yes, thank you for asking about it. It may never see the light of day, but I'd love to right, be back on this show. I'd love to yeah, be back on the show. Yeah, I would love to have you on And I would
1: love to meet you in person. Do you have a book for married men? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea.
2: Uh, Maybe. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll work on it. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You're wonderful. But you do have a podcast, though, right, on the
2: Corolla Network that people can listen to? Correct. It's another Bachelor podcast. I'm so manly. Uh, Me and my two cohorts, Nick Davis and Dylan Ren from- Who are uh,
0: waiting waiting patiently to do the show.
2: (laughs) We do an after show for The Bachelor, even if your audience is predominantly male, which I don't know if it is. Um, But please, you would still like this podcast, another Bachelor podcast. Find it on iTunes. Or yeah,
1: I tell them to watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette just so they can watch, like, female behavior. I think it's a great, like, case study for people and for them to learn signs that women give and ways that women behave. I think that, that all men should be watching that show. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You are wonderful, Kristen. You're awesome too. I haven't seen you in like a month. How's your I'm looking house? Looking forward to hanging out with you. My house is awesome. Oh, it's awesome. It's really. It's, yeah, I can't it's, wait to see it. It feels weird though. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Weird. It's like I miss my old house, but
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're it's, in a. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, you're in a beautiful, brand new house. It's gonna feel weird. I mean, yeah, it for well, me, for... because I'm not used to being in beautiful places, but for you, you'll, you, you'll <laughs> adjust
1: fine. <laughs> you are now. You're like Miss Fancy. Don't even oh, talk please. about that. Um, but you guys are wonderful for listening to our show. Chris is wonderful. Pat's wonderful. Um, I haven't done this in so long. Barney's <laughs> uh, high. Too. You sound high. Oh, yeah. Everyone's yeah, I did show. have a co- I had a cocktail before I did uh, the it, so. show. It's the only way that I could stay up until 930. It didn't make you pass out? No, not oh my when I God. have tequila. I needed oh. something. My husband was like, "Have a drink; it'll keep you awake though falling fine. asleep before you call." Uh, anyway, new episodes of the Ask Woman podcast come out every Thursday at five PM. Well, not every Thursday; most Thursdays. Most Thursdays uh, at five PM. Yeah, exactly. Five PM Pacific. Um, don't be a loser and download individual episodes. Please go and subscribe to our show. Leave comments. Tell other people to listen to our show. Share our show and keep being wonderful and supportive of us and we really appreciate it we'll see you next week
0: bye guys